Now, your loyalty is going to be tested in this year to come. You're going to be tested in your discipleship. Will you follow after the Lord, or will you seek an opportunity to draw back, wait, take your foot off the gas for a while, and rest? You will have opportunities, perhaps, to slacken, but they will become tests of loyalty. It's also a test of liberty. And these are times in which we live when men are talking about their liberties. And as a Christian, I want to have my liberties to do this. But what are you going to do with that liberty? Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church. May the Lord in grace meet with us as we open the book and preach the Word again. We welcome you, of course, to a new year, and I trust it will be a year of grace and a year of the Lord's power when we will see His kingdom extended and the strongholds of Satan and sin pulled down. Why not? God is on the throne, and of course the future is as bright as the promises of God. Today we're ministering on this text of Elisha waiting on the double portion. And we te- read here in 2 Kings chapter 2-9, it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Elisha was looking for a double portion, or the double power that Elijah enjoyed. It was a mighty request. It was a staggering request when we think of the accomplishments of Elijah. I pray that we may not lose faith to ask big requests and big prayers of God, because this really is the prayer of faith, believing that God is able to give us greater power than we have experienced before now. Now, Elisha, of course, was God's faithful messenger. He did not abuse the power. He was not seeking power for his own fleshly, carnal ways, but rather that he might be a useful servant in God's kingdom. And if you are seeking to serve God and be his witness, he will give you power to serve him with all your heart. So I invite you to join with me in prayer just now to pray for this, because we're facing a new year a new challenge, and new opportunities. And I pray that we might be equipped to meet the hour and that we will have the power of God resting upon us. So join with me as we pray. Father, we thank Thee for this this mighty uh, request of Elisha that he would have a double portion of the Spirit. Lord, we turn that into our prayer today because we have challenges before us, opportunities, and many needs. And we ask that you will give us a double portion of anything that we have known before, 
of the uh, cause of Christ that it might be extended in this world. We think of our land and we think of Canada. O oh, Lord, have mercy. We think of the multitudes that need the gospel and the high places that have rejected the gospel, churches that are on decline, and families where children and young people are wayward. Lord, we need power, and we're coming to Thee for that anointing of God that we so greatly need, and we ask that it will please Thee to come and visit us and to revive us again. So, hear our cry, hear our petition, and come, breathe upon us, and bless us today. May your own word be a word in season to hearts, and may you glorify your name through your word. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. We're turning now to our message from the pulpit on this very text of Elisha's request for a double portion of power. Now, your loyalty is going to be tested in this year to come. You're going to be tested in your discipleship. Will you follow after the Lord, or will you seek an opportunity to draw back, wait, take your foot off the gas for a while, and rest? You will have opportunities perhaps to slacken, but they will become tests of loyalty. It's also a test of liberty. And these are times in which we live when men are talking about their liberties. And as a Christian, I want to have my liberties to do this. But what are you going to do with that liberty? We see Elijah had liberty. He didn't have to go every place that Elijah went. He had liberty, in a sense, to live out his own little life a little more. But what did he do with his liberty? He didn't take it as a license to slacken, but rather he used his liberty to follow on after his master. And that's what Christian liberty is all about. We are set free from being slaves of sin and of Satan, that we might be servants of righteousness, that we might all the more be loyal to our master and follow him with all our hearts and with all our minds. I also see in this a test of Elisha's love. Did he enjoy his master's company? Did he like to be in his presence? Did he feel that that was the fulfillment of life, to be with his master, to be in his presence, to hear his words, to know what he was doing and how he did it, looking unto his master? That was a test of Elisha's love. And we know that he refused to be away from him, to leave him, he pursued his presence because he enjoyed his presence. Now, if you tell me that you're a Christian and you love the Lord, you will want to be where your master is. You will not want to draw back or slacken. There is an equivalent of this, of the men on the road to Emmaus. Those men after the resurrection, when the Lord appeared to them, and as they walked by the way on the road, their hearts burned within them because the Lord opened the Scriptures and made them to understand spiritual things. And we read in that passage that the Lord made as if he would have gone further, but the men had arrived at their home or destination. What did they do? Did they say, well, it's nice knowing you. 
Did they say, well, it's a great thing to have had this walk and talk? No, we're told that they constrained him to abide, to tarry with them. And the Lord did. And do you see that the Lord loves to be constrained? He loves to be invited into your life, to be nearer to you. If you slacken, if you are prayerless, the Lord will go further. He will be at a distance. But if you cling to him and cleave with him, he will come to you and live with you in a very gracious and personal way. And so we see this persistence in following in the life of Elisha. Do you have that persistence? Will you pray for that persistence in your Christian walk and life? Then secondly, and I have four ways, by the way. We're going to get through this, no problem. But the second help, the second means by which Elisha kept his eyes on Elijah was by his persistent walk. If you look here at verse 11, and it says, just after that condition was given, if you see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. Verse 11, now is the comment on what happened. Here we get the history of what happened. And it came to pass, as they still went on. There is Elisha's persistent walk. And that was immediately after the condition of power was laid out. And Elisha says, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep my eyes on Elijah. And he did. It was a call to keep in step. They too went on. They had to be in sync, walking along the way together. How is our walk with God? Are we in stride? Are we in harmony, walking with God? We read of men in the Bible who walked with God. Enoch is, is one, and Noah walked with God. They were obedient men. They were men that had the ear of God. They had the mind of God. And they lived their lives in the center of God's revealed will. They walked with God. And the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And so it's a life of agreement when you are walking with the Lord. And Elisha had that as he kept in the company and in the presence of Elijah when they were going hither and thither. And this is how we keep with our leader, our Lord Jesus. Get your life into sync with him. Get your life into the word. Seek the mind of the Lord in his word. Go to him frequently and keep in fellowship with the Lord at all times. Cease from your own agenda. If that agenda is carnal and selfish and driving a wedge between you and the Lord, pray that you're in step with him. Paul put it in that text in Hebrews, casting off the weights that so easily beset us. And the image there is all about the runner who trained with weights on. And if you're carrying weights for weeks as you're training, 
on the day of the event, you take the weights off and you, you feel like you're running like a feather when the weights are off. And then Paul says, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So he's referring to sin as the weights. Sin are the weights that drag us. And we've got to cast them off. And so anything that holds us back, we must be willing to yield. And don't give up. Elisha persisted. They still went on. And I think in that wording, they still went on. It reads persistence. Now, there will be obstacles and there'll be difficulties in your Christian life, and there will be hard decisions, perhaps, that you'll have to make to be a disciple of Christ. But the persistent Christian will say, I will still go on. I will not allow these things to hold me back and keep me out of fellowship with the Lord. Now we come to number three, persistent following, persistent walk, persistent talk. Verse 11 again. They still went on and talked. Didn't read their cell phones. They didn't have their own little comic book to look at along the way. They had heart-to-heart talks. Real friendship, real communion requires communication and just plain old talking. And if you're going to be a disciple of the Lord and keep your eyes on him, you must talk with him. That's what prayer is, just talking with the Savior. There's nothing complicated about prayer. There's nothing mystical about prayer. There's nothing angelic about prayer. It is just a man, a woman, a young person opening their mouths, pouring out their own hearts in words unto the Savior. The Lord Jesus, the mediator, the middleman between us and the Father, We come to the Lord and we pour out our needs, our burdens in prayer. Are you in talking terms with the Savior? When you give up prayer, it's really like the attitude, I'm not talking to you anymore. If you don't have times of prayer, you're not keeping your eyes on your leader. You're shutting down. You're closing the route. You're losing out. And I would say resolve that this year that you will pray much, ask much, bring everything to the Lord in prayer, keeping your eyes looking unto Jesus, not trusting in your own wisdom, your own ability, or others, but looking unto your leader, your commander, your captain of your salvation. These are all Hebrew terms or terms in the book of Hebrews. And you've got to get your eyes on the Lord in that manner. And when you do, expect the Lord to be with you. Expect his power in your soul. And you see him at the right hand of the Father, living to intercede. Look at Hebrews 12, 2, and you'll you'll see how it leads into the high priestly ministry the prayer life of our risen Lord Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down 
at the right hand of the throne of God. What's our Lord Jesus doing there? He is our high priest. He's interceding. And your talk, your prayers are brought to the throne room. And the Lord prays for you and me. That's communion. That's prayer. That's entering into power with God. And if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord, we will not have that power and that blessing. You must see me. That was the condition. You must see me looking to the Lord by faith. And then to wrap up here, verse 14 in 2 Kings 2, when Elisha was taken up in the whirlwind, and he waited, we're told in verse 14, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Here is his persistence to prove the Lord. He wanted now to put it into action. He wanted to ensure that it was actually true. The mantle, the office, the power of the Spirit of God that was on Elijah would now fall upon the younger servant Elisha. And so he went down to the waters of Jordan, and he cried out, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He smote the waters, and the same miracle that had happened for Elijah doing that took place for the young Elisha. You might be a young Christian today. You might count yourself a baby Christian. But don't leave all the proving to older saints. You've got to prove the Lord for yourself. You've got to prove that this Christianity is real. You've got to prove that this Bible and its promises and the blessings that God will bestow on his church, that this is for us today. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? That ought to be your prayer for this year to come, that you may prove the power of the Lord within your own life. How shall we prove the Lord? Well, we've got to prove His promises. We've got to take His promises. Promises are like black, blank checks. And when someone gives you a blank check signed, and you have to fill it in, it's up to you to claim the promise. Now, if you are not claiming the promise, if you're not pleading the blessing that God has promised to you, then you're not doing what Elisha did in taking the mantle and proving that the Lord God of Elijah is still living. We've got to claim his promises. We've got to believe the promises of the gospel, that whosoever shall believe on him shall be saved. Maybe that's your starting point today. Maybe you're not even saved. Maybe your sins are not yet forgiven. You've never received the promise of full salvation by the cleansing blood of Jesus to wash away your sins. That's the starting point. And then believe the freedom that you have in Christ. You are free in Christ Jesus, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from Satan's claims. Take the liberty that you have and use it in your discipleship for the Lord Jesus. And then lastly, expect the Lord's power. We looked at the text this morning already, Acts 1.8. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, 
And I use that text because Elisha prayed for a double portion of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given as the minister of power. And you can have spiritual power in your life to live the Christian walk and the Christian discipleship. And so claim the promise. Claim the promise. Keep your eyes on the Lord. The wonderful thing is, it says here in in verse 12, and in my Bible, I just put a circle around these four words. Verse 12, and Elijah saw it. He did. He saw it. He met the condition, and the power of God was his. He saw it. I trust today that you will be such a follower, keeping your eyes looking onto Jesus, that you will see the mighty works of God in your life. You might have come to church today a defeated Christian. You might have, in a sense, dragged yourself here and said, I'll go anyway. But I want you to know that the Lord has a power and victory for you that you can never attain in your flesh. And if you will look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, you can have this power. You can claim this power confidently and leave today in victory through the grace of the Lord Jesus. And as we come to the communion table, we're going to keep our eyes looking unto Jesus, considering him the author and finisher of our faith. And by this means, we draw strength from our Lord. As we take the cup and the bread, these are visible signs enabling us to consider him who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. And we can bear the cross, and we can bear the shame, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.
listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian church. This is Ian Golliher, and I pray the Lord will use his word in your heart and in your life. As we begin this new year, may these words of exhortation uh, be taken to heart, and may you apply them to your own soul. I just want to go back to that one question, can two walk together except they be agreed? This is a direct quote from Amos 3, verse 3, and of course it, it means that God's people need to have the mind of God, and if there's going to be blessing, we need to be totally in tune with the Lord himself. And so, We need to be a people who give ourselves to the Bible and say, Lord, teach us. Teach us your word, teach us your will, and give us the right uh, direction that we may have uh, a life guided by the Lord. Now, this will lead to fellowship. Can two walk together? Uh, Walking together really is about fellowship, and this is true between husband and wife. It's true in the fellowship of Christ's church. If you want to be in fellowship, there needs to be agreement. And, of course, in the Lord's church, the Bible is our uh, authority. It is our guidebook, and we follow it as the Lord enables. Now, to do all of that, of course, we need to walk humbly. We need to be done with our own self-agenda and our own pride, and walk in humility. Mr. Spurgeon said that it is not humility to underrate yourself. Humility is to think of yourself as God thinks of you. It is to feel that if we have talents, God has given them to us. And let it be seen that, like freight in a vessel, they tend to sink us low. The more we have, the lower we ought to lie. And that is the posture of the Christian. May the Lord enable us to walk together in this new year for him. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604 
The mailing address is 187-9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m. here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music